Welcome to this episode of CTU Speaks. Access is a civil right. Homie, I was taught by a Chicago teacher, Chicago teacher, Chicago teacher. I learned to read and write from a Chicago teacher, so I'm inspired by the fight from my Chicago teachers. I'm your co-host, Jim Staros, and I'm joined with... Andrea Parker. Dr. Andrea Parker. That's right. Get it right. We were Dr. Staros as well. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, no, you never mentioned that before, but now we got to mention hey, the doctor part. I two doctors in the house. So anyway, what are we talking about today, Ms. Parker? Well, we have a great guest on our show, Judy Mahoney, who is going to talk about her disrespect by CPS because mm-hmm. she was in an unfortunate accident that caused her to be paralyzed. And because of that, she has been moved or displaced from one job that was permanent position into a temporary position. And now she's fighting to keep her position, but she will definitely give you more detail when she speaks. You know, that's crazy that that CPS can just arbitrarily decide because somebody has some sort of a disability that you can't work here anymore. I, I didn't, I really did not think that was legal anymore. I thought that was some old shit that we're not on that anymore. She says she's able to do her job, been able to do her job. And there's nothing that's preventing her from doing her job. So why can't she do her exactly. job? Why can't we make accommodations to help somebody do their job? You know, our workers are our livelihood, Jim. Exactly. People want to work. And so when somebody wants to work, let them work. Exactly. And when we meet Judy in a few minutes, everybody's going to see she's the kind of person you want working with you. She's the kind of person you want in your organization. You can't get a more positive person that I know of that you could have working for you. Is that, is that maybe Miss Parker? Maybe Miss Parker. Who knows? Yeah. yeah that, sometimes. That, I'm the only on exception. But, you know, this kind of stuff, this is what we were talking about on our last episode, too, about the fact that they were denying accessibility rights to students who are deaf. This is a pattern in CPS where people with disabilities and people who are the ones we should be looking out for, protecting the most, are the ones we're just blaming them again. We're just re-victimizing them again and again, over and over. I don't understand. Yes. And we don't want to do that to our most vulnerable population. We don't want to do that to our students, our employees. We don't want to make them feel that they're less than because they need accommodations. That's not what education is about. How dare we make somebody feel less than because they're paralyzed or because they're deaf or because they're blind or because they have asthma, anything like that. We want to be welcoming to everybody and give everybody the opportunity to thrive. That's what they tell teachers to do. Teach everybody and make modifications and accommodations and teach all students. They all need to pass. They all need to succeed. As children, we can make accommodations. But once they become adults and they're employees, Apparently not. Accommodations stop. Yep. That don't make no sense. No, it doesn't. Hey, everyone. So it took us a few days longer to get this episode out than we thought it would. And since that time, there have been a few updates to Judy's situation. Due to the pressure that Judy and her allies have put on CPS, they've offered to give her a one-year extension on her contract at the school. Although that's nowhere near enough, the public pressure and public relations nightmare CPS is facing is forcing them to do the right thing. Judy needs to be able to have a secure position for as long as she wants it, not one year at a time, just like if she were not in a wheelchair or if she was in a building that had accessibility. So we need to keep this pressure up. We have a few clips from the rally that supported Judy that happened on May 25th at 7 a.m. in front of Byrne Elementary, so you can hear the support that Judy has and the pressure being put on CPS. 
there's a link to the live stream of the entire rally in our show notes. And it's really interesting and definitely worth listening to. So you should check that out. In the clips we're going to play right now, you're going to hear from Alderwoman Silvana Tavares of the 23rd Ward, LSC Chairperson and Burn Parent Desiree Alonzo, Allison Hernandez, who's a former colleague of Judy's at Whittier Elementary, CTU's Financial Secretary, Maria Moreno, and last but not least, Judy Mahoney herself. After that, we're going to jump right into the interview that we, we recorded earlier with our super clerk, Judy Mahoney. So here we go. Good morning, everybody. We are all here today because we are all here to support Judy. And, and there is absolutely no justification in the world that would explain the complete and other disregard and lack of empathy shown by CPS to Judy. It is greatly concerning to me that the people who made the decision to treat Judy this way are also the same people who are making decisions on behalf of the children of the city of Chicago. And this is why we need an elected school board. And we need to urge our state reps and our state senators to vote fully elected school board. And we need to urge our governor to sign that bill. So thank you again for all being here in support of Judy. We desperately need two clerks here at Byrne. And with her and our current clerk, Mr. Jose Fraga, everything runs effectively and they really make a great team. But there's another even greater impact that she provides. Ms. Mahoney serves as an inspiration to all of our students and most importantly, our diverse learners. About 15% of our students here at Byrne have IEPs and that's roughly about 100 young students with various ranges of needs and situations. Ms. Mahoney is a real life example to these kids that a disability doesn't hold you back. Doesn't mean that you don't have an ability. As parents, we try to teach our children to dream big, to shoot for the moon, and if you work hard, you can achieve your goals, no matter how high those goals are. Ms. Mahoney is living proof of that. That's right. That's right. She comes to work every day. She works hard. She does this all with a smile on her face. She does this every single day, no matter her obstacles, no matter the difficulties that she may face. If CPS decides to take away her right to work because of her disability, what kind of example does that show to our children? How do I explain that to my son? CPS, shame on you. We need to do better. We need to be better. The position of a clerk is tremendously important and yet highly underappreciated. They basically manage our entire building so that students um, have a safe place to learn. They're the heart of our schools. And it's hard to smile. You've got to have heart when you're smiling and uh, being pulled in so many different directions. You need compassion to work with students who are young and fragile and many times traumatized. Um, Judy had that compassion. She continues to have it. I spoke with a few of my former students from Whittier recently, and they spoke of Judy as an inspiration. She was young and still is. Mexican-American, proud Mexican-American bilingual woman who really ran our school. The first time I met Judy, maybe a few weeks ago on a Zoom press conference, she described how when she came in, she was in her wheelchair and one of the students, her face just lit up. She was in a wheelchair and she saw an employee in a wheelchair. She says, oh, 
I can do what you're doing. It opened her mind and her, her, her world that she could do so much more seeing someone in her own vision. That's one first thing. The other thing is CPS is still on the student-based budgeting formula. It is a racist, discriminatory formula that hurts communities based on number of students in a school instead on the needs of the schools. Our schools need people like Judy Mahoney That's in right. those buildings. I want to say thank you to everyone here who has expressed their concerns, their support, and everyone and anyone who couldn't make it. I know you're here in spirits, and I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, family, friends, parents, co-workers, peers. Thank you, thank you for being here. This means the world to me. I want to tell CPS to please do the right thing. I've been begging for this year after year after year in silence. You and I both know. You have emails. You have phone logs. I've been begging for this. I didn't want this to get to this point, but it is my life at stake, my livelihood. I had no way out. I'm exhausted. I'm drained. I'm mentally... I have no more... And this was my last resort. So please reconsider your decision and let me continue to work and serve our burn students and parents and staff. Thank you so much. All right, so we're back now with our guest, Judy Mahoney. She's a clerk at Burn Elementary and subject of a lot of interest now in CPS because of her particular situation. There have been newspaper articles about her. There's going to be a rally at the school. And it's because she's a very special and important person on how she got to where she is at Burn. Thanks for joining us, Judy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for inviting. Well, as you know, my name is Judy Mahoney. I was in a car accident in May of 2017 which paralyzed me from the waist down, intensive therapy, many months of um, recovery. When I was finally ready to return to work, I did not have a school to return to because the school that I worked at for 23 years was not, is not wheelchair accessible. And the requests for accommodations were denied. At the time, I thought it was an easy relocation. I was not in a good emotional state of mind to fight the accessibility. So I just said, okay, well, I'll just start new at another school. That's my destiny. I'll I'll do just that. I did not know what I was against moving forward. I had no idea that this was going to be an ongoing nightmare and a battle with CPS year to year to year. So why did they deny the accessibility? What was their rationale? Uh, Budget. Because it would have been too much money to uh, make it accessible. And now your job as a clerk, can you just explain real brief what a clerk does for any of our listeners that might not know? Well, a school clerk is the school secretary. So we pretty much handle everything that goes on within the school. We make sure everything's in place so the school can run smoothly. We handle parents, students, teachers, visitors, uh, attendance, payroll, purchasing, budget, 
you name it. I mean, we pretty much do all the ins and outs that take place right. in a school setting. But you'd be sitting in the in the front office mostly. Oh yes, ninety five percent of my job is seated. Yes. Right. Yeah. So this is not a particular undue burden because of that issue. No. It, no. No. You'd no. be seated regardless of what the situation was and. At your old school, the only reason that you couldn't continue there is just because they didn't have accessibility. That's correct. Yes. I don't understand how that that shit's legal. That I don't know. Yeah, thirty years after the ADA law was passed, we still I, I I'm like you. I'm shocked and in disbelief. You know, the the first time you called me, and I remember you called me as a as your field rep. I didn't know that was legal when you first were explaining it to me. I'm like, I because in my brain it didn't connect that we can get rid of people out of a job solely because they're in a wheelchair. This is not medieval times. This is not like the 1700s where we, you know, oh, somebody's got a disability. We got to kick them out of the community. This is 2021 United States. We're supposed to be better than that. Yeah. And it seems so contrary to what TPS says in reference to our students who have IEPs, whether because of physical issues and the combination of the modifications that need to be in place for our students. So it's very ironic that they didn't make these accommodations for a veteran employee who is the lifeblood of the school. So just tell us what happened once you left um, your school of 23 years. Two days prior of my return date, I still did not know what school I was going to return to. I was crazy in tears. I was devastated. I was anxious. So I I sent an email Friday evening to see where I was going to return. I still, again, I didn't know where to go. I said, okay, I'll just show up to CPS headquarters and sit there and see, okay, I'm here back to work. I can't get into my school. But Saturday at noon, I received an email from HR that thank you for being so patient. Uh, We will place you at burn temporarily until the end of June of 2018. And they did suggest obviously apply for other schools. And they did set up an interview for me to go interview, which I did in December of 2017. It was a humiliating experience. I want to say they knew I was walking in with a wheelchair, but I just felt the way they looked at me like, "Mm, I don't know. I'm sure it was not the candidate they were looking for. Unfortunately, despite my great experience, my strong work ethic and the letters of recommendation that I went in with. But I followed up with emails, phone calls. No one returned my calls. So that obviously left a very bad taste in my mouth as far as going out there and seeking employment on my own. And I still couldn't digest how was that possible? Why was I going to look for a job that I have? I just can't get in there. How was this my responsibility? How was this turned on me? So that was, that's been my battle from that, you know, from then point on with CPS. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole blaming the victim all over again. You know, what really gets me, like when I I started at King High School back in 2002, and when I first got there, King High School, for those of you that don't know, it was a school built in the early seventies. It's a very stark looking seventies style building, mostly made out of concrete. But one of the things they did is they widened every single doorway in that building for wheelchair access. One of the jobs I used to have back in the day working on some construction stuff is cutting concrete. It is the dirtiest, nastiest, dangerous kind of job. And 
I don't know, we maybe have 100, 120 doors in this building, literally. They cut every single one of them to make them handicapped accessible for literally zero students we had with accessibility issues. I thought it was just the rule. I thought we were just being ADA compliant. This is back in 02. Wow. Okay. And currently, if you're a charter school and you're renting a building from CPS, CPS will pay to make those accessible. So when they say stuff like, oh, we can't make this school accessible, that is some grade A bullshit. And CPS right now has an extra $1.8 billion in what they're calling equity funds. This definitely seems like an equity issue. Ms. Parker, Dr. Parker, now that you're a doctor, now that you got your PhD, am I explaining the term equity correctly? Gave it, you gave it the bare minimum. Okay, good. <laughs> But yeah, this is an equity issue, and I'm just very distraught with hearing this. When I think about the field of education, we want to educate people to make people better, to make better decisions. We want to yeah. do our due diligence in our research. We want to make sure that our students and our employees are valued because we, CPS always saying we're looking for the cream of the crop. We're looking for the best of the best to be with our students. And you have somebody like Judy who has been dedicated to CPS for all these years. She was in an unfortunate accident and still want to work. She didn't say, oh, I, I'll just go on disability. I'll just stay home. No, she said, hey, I want to keep working. That's I right. Keep, I want to keep making a difference. Yeah. And CPS says, uh, well, no, because we don't want to make the accommodations for you. We have enough money and CPS can do what it wants to do. Absolutely. Whatever was a priority, you make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so this shows you where the priority is. Not the employees, not the... Uh, underrepresented, not the disabled. It's unfair. Now, one of the things, Judy, you talk about is how everything's changed for you since the accident. And can you talk about that maybe a little, just real briefly, and then how you kind of see that in light of them still denying you the ability for employment? Well, yes, everything's changed. Everything, everything, the way, the way I simply sit, the way I shower, the way I sleep, the way I get dressed, the way I get into my car, the way I drive, everything. The only thing that did not change and remain the same for me is the way I work and my ability to work. That is something that I have with me from my previous life that remains intact. So for CPS to want to strip that away from me after I'm coming back, I'm barely feeling a little normal. It took me... I. Still don't feel no 100% normal, but I'm starting to accept who I am in my new life and my new maneuver through life. Correct. And for CPS to want to take my job away, the one piece of my life that remained the same that I feel confident doing because I'm knowledgeable, my brain is intact, my hand functions work just fine. It, it, it's hurtful and unjust. Another situation or, or think uh, something that I think about is um, my paralysis has been hard and very difficult to adjust. However, I know this was a freak accident. The drunk driver who hit me did not go on the road and say, I am going to hurt Judy Mahoney today because I don't like her. No, it was an accident. So, I, you know, he's doing time. I've forgiven him. I'm way past that. But this that CPS is doing to me intentionally that is hurtful and is inhumane. Where are we at now? I know you said that they um, you were allowed to go to burn in 2018. So what, what's happening now in 2021? Oh, 
Got it. The reason why this year has changed from the previous years, keep in mind, every year has been a temporary placement. So every year that they extend my stay, oh, Miss Mahoney, uh, we've extended your stay at Burn one more year. They started to say, well, you still need to, you need to seek employment elsewhere because this is only temporary. And my fight with them every year after year was why I feel I'm being discriminated. I didn't have to go through this hiring process year after year prior to my accident. So why now I felt treated differently. And this year, my, my accommodations clearly stated that if I did not find a job by the end of 2021, June of 2021, another school, I would be laid off at the end of June of 2021. And the uh, HR was going to help me find another job and they would be in contact with me. So I would get these random emails, like monthly emails of vacancies of schools that are are available. 90% of them were way too far. And the other 50% were not wheelchair accessible. So I just didn't understand why I had to go through this process again. So that's CPS's version of helping people who need assistance. Correct. And that's exactly what I would tell them. I said, you're not helping me. I can't do this on my own. I can apply there. In fact, I did apply to a couple of schools and You know, of course, I never got a call because a lot of the times, based on my experience, a lot of these positions are already committed, but they have to be posted. It's so advantageous because we we have so many students with different disabilities. Is that the right word? Am I saying it right? It's okay to say disability or is it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I know that the terminology changed. I don't want to be offensive. I know. No. We we have students. We have uh, we have over three hundred thousand students, and you know a nice amount of our students have IEPs. Uh, We have students that are deaf, students that are blind. We have students that are in wheelchairs. And so, how awesome would it be? You know, again, an unfortunate accident. But for our students to be able to see employees working full-time jobs who they see like, oh, wow, she's in a wheelchair and she's working. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing wrong with her. There's nothing. We just have to give some accommodations. We should want our students to be able to see that and be happy and excited to afford um, our employees the opportunity to stay working so our students can see that. And so they can know that if something happens to me or if I'm already in a position where I'm looked at differently, that I'm not different. I am the same. I just need certain accommodations to do my job. And that is okay because most of us need some kind of accommodation to do our job well. Okay. So I just think that that's an opportunity for CPS to show themselves as being great, not showing themselves as being this tyrant and say, I can't do this. And to say, I don't have to like what kind of employer says, I don't have to. There's a lot of things we don't have to do. But as CPS employees, as a teacher, we go above and beyond what we have to do. All right. Most CPS employees go above and beyond. And for CPS to say, I don't have to. What does that say? Exactly. You're sending the wrong message. And they They should have to. This is the law. It is the right thing to do. And morally, we should have to do it. But it's a law. The fact that it has to be a law means that we had to force other people to do what is right. And, and what is, is the law, Jim? That you need to be able to make sure that places, especially public buildings, are accessible to the public. The public pays this. Judy's taxes pay for that school. They pay for that building that she has not access to. That is not right. 
Mm-hmm. This is one of the one of the things they fought the ADA about specifically was the person fought, fighting for the ADA law wasn't able to even get into the halls of Congress to actually make his appeal because it wasn't handicap accessible. Right. Okay. It's one thing to say that my house doesn't have handicap access. OK, it's my house, mm-hmm. but you're not paying for my house. Right. Mm-hmm. We're paying for this school. We're paying for these facilities. It's a community resource. It's supposed to be a center for the community. And I get that the principal's saying that, you know, there's no funding for this position, but that's another problem CPS has created. They've created this bizarre student-based budgeting where Judy, as a clerk, because she's got experience, is getting paid a slightly more than a brand new clerk would be. And that salary is held against the building. That's ridiculous. It makes no sense. It disincentivizes people to have veterans in a building. What organization in the world says, I don't want anybody with experience. I want all new people. Education. (laughs) Damn, when I go to Jimmy John's and get my sub, I see a dude training the other dude. They're making a sandwich. How hard can that be? But they want to make sure there's a veteran there to do it. Stupid ass stuff that CPS does. And they're doing it to our most vulnerable population. The people that, that need our help, the people that need our assistance are ones being screwed over the most. And If Judy can't get in, that means none of the students with disabilities can get into that building either. I could live right across the street from a school and I can't go to that school. Why? Because I've got some kind of different ability. Doesn't mean I can't do the work. Doesn't mean I can't be in the building. It means I just can't physically get in. It's ridiculous. And what is it about students who have a disability and just struggling with their own self-esteem? For like, I can't do anything with, you know, my, my life. I, I got too, too much held against me. So even when you do work hard and you go to college and you go to trade school and you can do the work and somebody says, no, you still you're still not good enough. And Judy, honestly, you're an inspiration to everybody. You know, I'm just trying to live life as normal as possible. I want people to see me, not my wheelchair. My disability does not define me. You know, my capabilities are still the same. I just have a different way of maneuvering through life. Correct. No, exactly right. And that's why we've got a big rally coming up for Judy on Tuesday at her school. Because everybody loves her. Like, how many people want to get up super early in the morning on a random (laughs) Tuesday to drive all the way out to the west side? Not many people, but there's going to be hella people there for Judy. We're going to have elected officials. We're going to have CTU. Sounds good. We're going to have me. You're going to you're getting my eyes out of bed. Oh, boy. I know. And that's not an easy thing to do in the morning to get me to drive all the way down there. But I mean, this is how inspirational and how much everybody loves Judy. All we need is for CPS to do the right thing. We're not even asking for anything extra. Just do the right thing. Yeah, you pretty much summed it up, Jim. Oh. You didn't leave anything for me to say. Oh, damn. <laughs> you did great. You did great, Jim. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what's taking place, yes. No one should ever have to go through what I'm going through. When you see Judy now, you don't know the other sad side of Judy, where she's down, she's depressed, she's getting anxiety, just worried about my job. One thing that I know is anyone can join the disability community at any given moment. We are, anyone can suffer any tragedy or just anything. We can all join this community in any given moment. So people need to stop being selfish. I agree. And I'm going to leave it with what Dr. King said. An injustice anywhere is a threat to justice. To justice. That's a good one. That was going to be one of my posters. There you go. (laughs) It still can be. Yep. Okay. Yes. 
Thank All you right. so much, Judy. Thank, Thank you, so Judy. Much Thank for you for being us. on the show. We appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of CTU Speaks. Access is a civil right. If you want to continue to listen to more of our infamous podcast, don't hesitate to tune in because we are available on all your podcasting platforms, even our own Alexa and Hey Google. We are. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the podcast, you have a great hot topic, don't hesitate to call us at mm-hmm. 312 312- 467-8888. I'll repeat. 312-467-8888. And we also have an email address. What is that yep. email address, Jim? It is CTU Speaks at CTULocal1.org. Talk to Ms. Parker and I, see what's up. And if you got any suggestions, any comments, I'm sure you don't have any criticisms, but theoretically, if you did, you could put them in there too. Reach us at CTU Speaks, where we only speak what matters. Thank you guys, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.